May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning and welcome to Parkway Fellowship. Really glad that you're here today. I also want to welcome our North Campus joining us by live video feed this morning. And today we're kicking off a brand new series called Solving Money Problems. Now, everybody listening to me is thinking one of two things. Uh, first, if you're a first time guest, you're thinking, oh, you've got to be kidding. We came on the day he's talking about money. I mean, seriously? <laughs> Secondly, everybody else is thinking, he's not going to start asking me for a lot of money now, is he? Like, okay, relax, okay? Everybody just relax for just a moment. I'm not going to ask you for any money today. So... <laughs> And no, we're not, you know, starting a fundraiser, you know, for, you know, Pastor Mike's prayer tower in the Bahamas or anything silly like that, okay? I don't know. Uh, and if you're a first-time guest with us, I'm really glad that you're here today. And please, don't feel any pressure to give anything, okay? Because I really am not going to ask anybody for any money today. It's not going to happen. In fact, asking for money is not even the goal of this entire series. The goal of this entire series is to ask God how to solve money problems. Because money is something that we think about, like we worry about, we stress about, we argue about, that we work really hard for, that, and some of us pray hard for, right? And so doesn't it make sense that something that we put that much focus and time and energy and input into, doesn't it make sense that we would want to get God's help and insight and direction on that? Well, sure it does. Now, some of us financially are in like a 911 type situation. You know, bills are past due. There's creditors calling. Utilities are in danger of being shut off. There's a potential, you know, bankruptcy or foreclosure in the future. And I promise you, in this series, you are going to get so much practical help to help you in your situation. There's other people, others of us, that, you know, oh, financial series, I don't really need that because I'm actually doing pretty well financially. I've, we've got plenty of money, okay? But just because someone has plenty of money does not mean that they are following God's plans financially. What it really means is that, you know, we're just making enough money to cover up our financial foolishness and our financial errors. But if in that situation, if we would adopt God's principles and God's directions for finances, then think about how much God could use us to help so many more people. Literally change the direction of whole families, change the future of so many kids. God could use us to do so many great things if we would just align ourselves with his plan. You know, and for those of us that, you know, are somewhere in the middle, then the principles and practices that we're going to cover in this series could free up so much finances that, honestly, we could eliminate a lot of the things that cause us stress about money, and we would have enough left over that whenever God presented us a need or gave us an opportunity, that we would have the option to meet it or to take advantage of it. And if things, something really bad happened and, you know, we lost our job or, you know, that things, or things were downsized and we needed downsize, then it would not stress us out. We would be okay. 
we'd be able to handle it. And so in this series, we're primarily going to be looking at what the only billionaire in the entire Bible has to say. The only one. His name is Solomon, and in his day, not only was he the richest man in his country, he was also the richest man in the world. And this was back in a day when there were no billionaires. In fact, more than 3,000 years ago, there very well might not have been any millionaires either. But Solomon was a billionaire. And thinking about it, you know, translated into, you know, like modern day times, that would, that might be like someone today being a trillionaire or a quadrillionaire, which by the way, there are no trillionaires in our world. None. Zero. Solomon in his day, um, every single year, he had delivered to him 666 talents of gold. Okay, now, one talent weighed 75 pounds. So if you multiply all that out in today's dollars, Solomon received one, over $1,042,000,000 just in gold. That doesn't count any of his other revenue streams. I mean, the point is, this guy was incredibly wealthy, and God inspired him to write down many, many principles about money, which we are going to focus on in this series, okay? Which brings us to our message today. Because in a financial series, most people would say that, you know, you need, we need to talk about, start off by talking about how to get out of debt, or the importance of saving, or, you know, like how to start a budget, or how to create passive income streams of revenue. They would say you need to start all those kinds of things. But that's not where God starts. And that's not where Solomon starts. He starts in a place, truthfully, that we would never really expect. I was talking to a guy a couple years ago uh, about his financial problems, and he told me that he makes over $350,000 a year. But he was having financial problems. He's got multiple car payments. He had a huge house payment. He had another house payment on a beach house. He had tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt and other sorts of debts. In fact, his total indebtedness was over $700,000. And he was telling me about his financial problems. You know, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, honestly, I was thinking the very same thing that you're thinking now. How in the world could you possibly have financial problems? You bring home almost $30,000 a month. How can you have financial problems? But the reason he was having financial problems is because he was not wise. Now, I'm going to tell you, he was incredibly smart. I mean, honestly, the guy just near brilliant. But he was not wise. And more money did not solve his financial problems because he was financially unwise. And honestly, I've talked to a lot of people about money problems. You know, as a pastor, I've talked to people at almost every income level. And I can tell you, people have financial problems at every level. So you know what that means? That means that more money is not really the answer like, we think it's the answer, and it feels like that would be the answer. But the thing is, is that whenever we make more money, we just find a way to increase our spending to either match or exceed our earning. So more money 
does not fix the problem. Because honestly, you know, no mutt, know what? No matter how much money we have, you know how much we need? Just a little bit more, right? We just need just a little bit more, okay? That's why God tells us what the starting point is to fixing financial problems. So go ahead and pull out your message notes. This is your first fill in the morning. The starting point to solve all money problems is to pursue more wisdom. The starting point to solve all money problems is to pursue more wisdom. Not more money, not a higher paying job, not more benefits or bigger retirement account or better budget software or the lottery. Okay, it's, the answer is more wisdom. I promise you, it is not, the answer is not in how much we make. Whether we make $350,000 or $35,000, more money does not solve our financial problems unless we have more wisdom. In fact, when Solomon writes about money, you know, he actually writes more verses about wisdom and the need for wisdom than he does about any other single money topic. So that's where Solomon starts. And wisdom is not intelligence, okay? Here's a good biblical definition of wisdom. Let me give it to you. Wisdom is being able to see future consequences of present decisions. The farther into the future I can see, the wiser I become. The farther into the future I can see, the wiser I become. And while I can come up with tons of benefits of using wisdom and finances, Solomon specifically names two, okay? And he names more, but there's two of them that I want to look at briefly. Here's the first. Benefits of when it comes to finances, of wisdom when it comes to finances. Solomon says this, that I will have something to show for it in the end. Benefit number one is that I will have something to show for it in the end. You ever been given a decent amount of money? You know, maybe got a big bonus at work or maybe a small inheritance or maybe you sold a boat or liquidated some other kind of asset and you, you had a nice little pile of money. And then six months later, you had nothing to show for it. <laughs> I mean, does that ever happen? I mean, I think all of us at some point have been in that type of situation. Look what Solomon says in this first verse in Proverbs 17, 16. He says this. He says, of what use is money in the hand of a fool since he has no desire to get wisdom? That stinks a little bit. But no matter how much money you give to someone that's unwise, they'll, they'll have nothing to show for it in the end. I mean, that's why Solomon says, so what's the use of giving money to someone who's unwise? Like, it, it's pointless, okay? Now, some of you parents, you need to hear that. Because when you keep bailing your kids out financially, you're not helping them. All you're really doing at that point is preventing them from gaining wisdom and prolonging their own foolishness. Wow. So, you got to stop bailing them out. And if you realize that you have been financially foolish in the past, then you need to decide right here now. Stop pursuing money, more money, as the answer to your problems. Instead, pursue more wisdom. Because if you will pursue more wisdom, then whenever you do have money, you'll end up having something to show for it. That's what he's saying here, okay? All right, second benefit is this, number two. 
or second bullet point. It's the only real path to lasting wealth. It's the only real path to lasting wealth. Proverbs 14, 24 says this. Wise people are rewarded with wealth, but fools only get more foolishness. You know, people who are wise have wealth. And in the end, people who are fools, all they really have is more foolishness. I mean, I think all of us have seen this, you know, with movie stars and athletes and famous singers. You know, people have got a ton of money, but in the end, I mean, they end up broke. And we think, how is that possible? I mean, if you just put that money in the bank, you could have lived off the interest for your entire life. But God says, you don't understand. They would never choose to do that because they never pursued wisdom. And as long as they never pursue wisdom, in the end, all they will really have is their own foolishness. They will never have lasting wealth. And so, God says that we need to pursue wisdom. In fact, let me kind of reword what I think Solomon is saying here. Let me say it like this. When we pursue wisdom before wealth, we get both. But when we pursue wealth before wisdom, we get neither. Let me say it again. When we pursue wisdom before wealth, we get both. But when we pursue wealth before wisdom, we get neither. That's what Solomon's getting at here. Okay? So what is it that God's saying to me about wisdom and money? Okay? We have time for two key things. Here's the first. Number one, I need to be honest about my desire and change it if necessary. I need to be honest about my desire and change it if necessary. So let me ask you, is your, is your, quest, is, is your desire, is it really for wisdom or is it really to be rich? Okay, look, and, and being rich is not a sin, all right? But when it comes right down to it, which would you rather have, wisdom or more money? And ironically, Solomon actually had that choice in life. God came to Solomon in a dream one night, and he gave him the choice of anything that he wanted. And he could have chosen money. Look, look, at, look how the story unfolds. In 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning verse 5, it says, One night while Solomon was in Gibeon, the Lord God appeared to him in a dream and said, Solomon, ask for anything you want, and I'll give it to you. Verse 7. Lord God... I'm your servant, and you've made me king in my father's place. But I'm very young and know so little about being a leader. And now I must rule your chosen people, even though there are too many of them to count. Please make me wise. Okay, underline that. Please make me wise. And teach me the difference between right and wrong. Then I will know how to rule your people. If you don't, there's no way I could rule this great nation of yours. God said, Solomon, I'm pleased that you asked for this. Underline that. I'm pleased that you asked for this. God told him he was pleased. Verse 11. You could have asked to live a long time or to be rich, or you could have asked for your enemies to be destroyed. Instead, you asked for wisdom to make right decisions. So I'll make you wiser than anyone who's ever lived and ever will live. I will also give you what you didn't ask for. You'll be rich and respected as long as you live, and you'll be greater than any other king. 
You see, Solomon asked for wisdom, not so that he could get rich, but so that he could rule with justice and serve God's people well as king and not to abuse his power or his position. And as a result, he got wealth thrown in. And then a few years later, when Solomon is writing down things that he's observed as king, he writes this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. He says, blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She's more precious than rubies. And underline this, nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. So let me ask you, is your desire really for wisdom, or is it to get rich? Okay, let me ask it like this. If you could gain more wisdom or double your salary, which would you pick? Okay, I don't want anybody answering out loud. I want to be lying in church, okay? <laughs> but honestly, I look, we're in church. I mean, you know. You know the answer is to gain more wisdom. But that looks really good. That would be awesome. But truthfully, the answer is we, we need to gain more wisdom. And so look, here's the deal. Be honest. Be honest about what your desire really is, Okay? And you can't, look, you can't ask for wisdom as a backdoor way to get more money, okay? God sees right through that. Like, he knows that's, that, that's what we're thinking. And he wants you to be wise, because when you're wise, you'll make smarter, more godly decisions about the money that, you, that he's already trusted you with. And in the end, you'll have more than enough, no matter how much money you make, if you will be wise. So be honest about what you really want. Look, and if you need to, ask God to change your heart so that you would really want more wisdom and not just more money. Because look, if more money was the answer to solving money problems, then the only people with money problems would be poor people. But that's not the case, is it? Everybody has money problems. More wisdom is truly the starting point for solving money problems. So be honest about where you are and ask God to change your heart if you need to, okay? All right, number two. Bible says this. Do whatever it takes to get more wisdom. Do whatever it takes to get more wisdom, okay? Now, in this next verse, okay, this is wisdom talking. This is not Solomon. This is wisdom talking. Proverbs eight seventeen, Wisdom says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. Okay, circle that. Those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. Look, when it comes to wisdom, you and I have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get more of it. Look, and this is the best news, best thing you're going to hear all morning is this. If you will do whatever it takes to pursue wisdom, the Bible says you will find it, okay? To find wisdom, you don't have to, you know, get on a plane and go to Tibet and find a cave with monks in it, okay? That is, you don't have to do that to find wisdom. God says if you will seek it, you will find it. So then the question becomes, how can I seek it? How can I seek wisdom? Let me give you some suggestions. Here's the first. Read a chapter of Proverbs every day. Read a chapter of Proverbs 
every day. I actually started doing this personally several years ago uh, because I, honestly, I realized, I was praying one day, I was like, Lord, if I'm going to lead Parkway Fellowship, I mean, this great church with so many people, if I'm going to lead these people, I need wisdom because I don't want to be the kind of leader that abuses my position or abuses power or misleads people. I want to be the person you want me to be. But in order to do that, God, to be the leader you want me to be, I need wisdom. And it was in those moments God says, well, if you want wisdom, then you need to read the things that the wisest person who's ever lived has written. And so I started reading a chapter of Proverbs every day. And it's pretty easy to keep up with because there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. There's about 30, 31 days in a month, you know, except for that pesky February. And so I just, whenever I'm reading Proverbs, whatever the calendar date is, I read the corresponding chapter. So this morning I read Proverbs chapter 10. And so it's pretty easy to keep up with. And honestly, I would not say that I am wise. But I am wiser than I was. So here's my question. Will you join me? Will you join me in becoming wiser? Second thing he says is this. Get the advice of godly Christ followers who are wiser than you. Get the advice of godly Christ followers who are wiser than you. Look, when you find someone who's been walking with Christ a long time, look, I'm not talking about someone who's just been a Christ follower a long time. Okay? There's people who've been Christ followers a long time, and they're not wise, they're not mature, they're not spiritually growing. But when you find someone who's really been walking with Christ, who spiritually is much farther down the road than you are, then you need to seek their advice about finances, about parenting, about marriage, about whatever. Because those people can be a source of wisdom for you. And at the park, you know where you find those people? You find them in small groups, okay? Because those that have been walking with Christ for a long time, they understand the importance of studying the Bible alongside other Christ followers because they can gain insight from other people that things that they just didn't see themselves. And so when we do small group signups, the wise people, they're the first ones to sign up. And so if you want to get around those people, when we do small group sign up, like in the fall in a few weeks, be one of the first people to sign up because that's where the wise people are. All right, next. Read books by Christian authors, especially about finances. Um, Dave Ramsey, Randy Alcorn, Robert Morris, they're some of my favorite authors on the subject of finance, and they've written lots of books, and honestly, just pick up any of them. They're all really good. And those books have helped tons of people financially, and they can help you too. Okay? Last suggestion is this. Ask God for it. Ask God for more wisdom. I mean, worked out really well for Solomon. He asked God for it, and God gave it to him. And God says that you, he, you will find it. So just start by asking God for wisdom. Have you ever done that before? You've probably asked him for more money. So why not ask him for more wisdom? Look, I am not saying that God wants you to be rich, 
okay? Beware of Christian speakers who tell you that God wants you to be rich and so therefore you should send them money, okay? That is crazy. Like, I don't know where that got started, but that is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that God wants you to stop blowing money that you do have on things that are just, ser- that are just merely foolish choices, I am certainly saying that because, look, no matter how many seminars you go to, no matter how many Dave Ramsey books you read, no matter what kind of budgeting software you use, or no matter how many raises you get, if you don't have wisdom, then you will blow whatever money you have on very foolish choices. And you will not solve any money problems on any level. But once you have wisdom, then No matter how much money you earn, you will be able to solve money problems, you will be able to accumulate wealth, and you will have something to show for that. And more than that, more than that, you'll become a better father, a better mom, a better husband, a better wife, a better parent, a better boss, a better coworker, a better friend. Why? Because you will be wise. And that's the point. So, find your connection card. Let's take some next steps together. Perhaps it's this first next step. I will be honest with myself and God about what I really want more. Wisdom or money? It starts by being honest. Would you make a commitment to do that? Next. I will ask God to give me a desire for more wisdom, especially with finances. You're saying, okay, God, I'm asking you for a desire for more more wisdom. And honestly, while you're there, go ahead and ask him for wisdom too. Okay, God, give me the desire and also give me wisdom because I need it, especially in the area of finances. Next, I commit to reading a chapter of Proverbs every day for the next month. So go home today, read Proverbs chapter 10, read it every day for this month, and through the 9th of September. Now, my hope is that you would keep doing it after that, but make a commitment for one month. Start there. Make a one-month commitment to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. You'll be shocked what's in there. It's awesome. Next, I commit to sign up for a small group this fall in order to get around other wise Christ followers, okay? Now, you're not signing up for a small group here. You're just simply saying, you know what? When that small group sign-up time comes around, I'm in because I want to be around wise people. Count me in. Next, I will start reading one Christian finance book this week. You'll start this week. You know, go ahead, order it on your phone before you walk out of here. Fine with me. But will you make a commitment to start reading one Christian finance book this week? Anyone, doesn't matter, whichever one it is. Next, I will come back to hear the rest of the Solving Money Problems series. Next week, we're gonna give you some very practical helps about getting out of debt and dealing with debt and how to approach debt the way God says to So come back next week. I promise you, it is going to be amazing. Next, I will pray the prayer to become a genuine Christ follower for the first time in my life. Look, there's no way you can solve money problems using God's wisdom until you've asked God to come into your life. And you do that by asking Jesus to forgive you for everything you've ever done and then pledge to following him. If you've never done that, This is your chance to do it. There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed that prayer before, now's your chance to do it. 
And I'm going to give you a chance to pray that prayer right now. In fact, I'm going to give everybody a chance to pray and ask God to help you follow through with whatever next step you've chosen. So right now, everybody, bow your head, close your eyes, and take these next moments and pray silently to God. say thank you for all the very practical things that you tell us about money and that you care about that practical stuff and that stuff matters to you and that you've clearly laid out your plan and it's so counterintuitive to what the rest of the world thinks says teaches and does and so I ask that you would help us your people to start with wisdom to start by gaining wisdom and I know that that feels so impractical for some But God, it is so true and it is so the correct starting point. And so you would help us grow in our wisdom so as you teach us more, that it makes such perfect sense and that you give us that wisdom on how to follow through and apply those other things to our lives. And I pray for those that are struggling financially that you would give them hope and a way out And for those that are struggling financially, you would help them align their financial lives to your principles so that they could maximize what you've entrusted them with for your purposes in this world. And all of it, Father, I ask that you would bring us back next week to hear more of what you want to say. In Jesus' powerful name we pray, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, Find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.